Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, gentlemen. And welcome to the Encouragement Group, the group that we do each and every Friday uh, because we know that weekends are tough. And uh, we started doing this group years ago because we noticed that a lot of guys were taking the opportunity when the weekend comes to leave. And after we started doing this group, we had about a 50% reduction in the number of guys that were leaving over the weekend. Um, because there's a lot of structure to the week, Monday to Friday. And then the weekend comes and suddenly we find ourselves in a different position where we start to feel a little bit more well. And we start saying, maybe I've done enough work here. Maybe it's time for me to go. Or maybe, maybe, you know, my family wants me. Isn't it amazing how families want you home on the weekends more than they do on the, during the week? We start thinking like that. And um, so we decided to start this encouragement group. And as I said earlier, we've reduced the number of people that were choosing to leave, uh, leave on the weekends. See, gentlemen, we didn't bring you here to do some of the work. We didn't bring you here to do most of the work. We brought you here so that you can do all of the work, to leave no stone unturned. I bet if I ask the guys who have been here before, if you did all the work the last time, if you went into this program with the right frame of mind, if you were willing to jump in with both feet, if you indeed left no stone unturned, my guess is that people would respond, I didn't do it that way. We know, gentlemen, we know. Not too long ago I shared with you guys that we have you know, wonderful outcome statistics. We don't follow you guys. We don't look to see how many guys complete treatment. I mean, yes, we do. But we go further than that. We actually try to follow you guys for a year after you leave treatment to see if you're still engaged. And I don't know how many of you guys heard this number, but uh, one month after completing St. Christopher's Inn, we were able to track 77% of guys that completed in the past year. Of that 77%, 88% were engaged in aftercare treatment. And 93% were still clean. Treatment works, gentlemen. When you put in the work, when you give time time, when you're willing to deal with the stress the roadblocks that come along the way. This does work. When I thought about what I wanted to share with you guys today, you know, I can't help it being Friday, the first day of the Major League Baseball playoffs for the New York Mets, and I was reminded of Tug McGraw in 1973 who gave us the tagline, you got to believe you got to believe. And I thought about that quote, and it's not entirely true. You know, and, and those of you who are in my cognitive behavioral group today, we talked about words like have to, right? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to believe. But do you want to believe? Do you want to believe? Do you want to believe in the opportunity that exists for you here? If you come into treatment, if you come into St. Christopher's Inn, if you go to Joe's treatment facility, it doesn't matter. If you walk in 
as a glass half empty kind of guy. If you walk in looking to poke holes in the program, if you walk in saying, this isn't going to work for me, this can't work for me, if you walk in saying, I am hopeless, this is hopeless, treatment and recovery are meant for other people, guess what? You don't believe. What is it that you want to believe today? Would you like to believe that a future exists for you, whether you're 18 or 75? Wouldn't you like to believe that a future exists for you, a bright future, not just the future, devoid or without alcohol and drugs, but a future that we can feel good about? You know, we had a guy who had come through here and somebody, I think, I, somebody heard me say this recently, was quoting me, said, you know, he came in here and he said, you know, I did 12 years in prison and the first thing I want to be able to do when I get out of treatment is to be able to pay taxes. And you think, why would anybody want to pay taxes? Because it served as a reminder to this gentleman that he was a part of society again. How about being able to feel like you're a part of a family, a part of a job, a part of society? Again, those are the promises of sobriety. Wouldn't you like to be able to believe that that's possible for you? i got a newsflash for you. If I asked you to turn around and point out the guy that has no future, most of you guys couldn't point out somebody else. We got a real easy time looking at the mirror and pointing at ourselves and saying, it's possible for everybody else, just not me. I promise you, gentlemen, we have had people here that have been sicker than you physically. We have people here that have been sicker than you emotionally. We have people here who have uh, overdosed more times than you. People have used more drugs than you, hurt more people than you that have found a miracle here. But it starts with what you believe. If I believe, you know, there's a saying, I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt that said, whether you think you're wrong or whether you think you're right, you're right. If you think it's impossible, it is. You've made it that way because that's what you tell yourself. But if you want to believe that hope and opportunity exists for you, you are also right. Gentlemen, it's not about you got to believe. You don't have to believe. You've told yourself so many things over the years that you had to do. People told you what you had to do. And every time they told you, you found a way to show them how you didn't have to do it. The only thing in life you have to do is die. Everything else is a choice. So what is it that you want to choose today? What is it that you want to believe today? What is it that you can tell yourself differently today? then maybe you said at your last treatment facility. What is it that you can tell yourself differently about tomorrow? How can you tell me that a brighter future doesn't exist for you when you, when you freely are willing to admit that a brighter future is possible for everybody else? And guys, we've been doing this for 105 years, 106 years now. We've had more people go through this place than can fill Yankee Stadium. 
You know how many success stories there are out there? How many miracles there are? How many people who have come back and say, I was here in 1963. I just wanted to come back and say thank you. The people that come back to our alumni picnic with family, with kids, that say thank you. That I go to a conference in Las Vegas and a guy in a wheelchair rolls up to me and says, I just heard you were from St. Christopher's Inn. I got sober there decades ago. Guys, these aren't accidents. They're happening all around you. It's like the stars in the sky. You can't reach them out. You can't reach out and touch them. You can see them. They're there. Those are the miracles that we experience here all the time. And those miracles, I don't call, you know, I don't call, these aren't, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself, getting to the miracles part. But, you know, these aren't extraordinary miracles. We call them ordinary miracles. Because they happen so frequently here. But it starts with believing. If you can put some faith and belief in the guy next to you, if you can put some faith and belief in a 12-step program that has been around for decades, how about taking the time to believe in yourself today? I can tell you, you have no bigger fans and cheerleaders than the staff and the friars here at St. Christopher's Inn. You see examples of their dedication every day if you start out by wanting to believe that that exists. You have what it takes, gentlemen, not just to get clean, but to have a sober life with peace, serenity, and prosperity. What do you want to believe today? Can I have a hallelujah? Hallelujah! Michael! There was this cow, and uh, she was uh, in the meadow, and she was grazing, and it was a really hot, humid day, and she was really uncomfortable, and there were flies all over her face, and they were going in her ears and her eyes and her mouth, and she was just miserable. And so she cries out, God! Please help me. Get these flies off my face. It's terrible. I hate this. And so God looks down and says, "Uh, Excuse me, Elsie. What's that thing hanging down from your rear end? She says, It's my tail. He says, I knew you were going to have this problem. And I put that there before you were even born because I knew this was going to happen. Guess what? It's exactly long enough to reach your face. It's got a little brush on the end of it. And all you got to do is wag it. I don't need to solve this problem for you. I already took care of it. You already have what you need to solve this problem. Huh? And that's true of a lot of us, huh? And it's really the Wizard of Oz story, too, which I use all the time. It really is that same story. These people thought that they didn't have what they needed, but they really did have it. They just needed to discover it, believe in it, as David was saying, believe in it. Believe that you have what it takes. Believe that you were given some gifts and some talents. Believe that you have a tail with a brush on the end of it and that you can wipe, you can wipe your own flies off your face. You just have to wag it. 
You just have to wag your tail. God will not remove the flies from a cow who refuses to wag her tail. Huh? It's like the serenity prayer. The serenity prayer is a partnership between me and God. Huh? It's a dance. I do my part, courage to change the things I can, and then I step back and leave a space, and I wait for my higher power to put something in, and then I see what that is, and then I put my piece on top of that, and then I step back, and he puts a piece in, and it's a dance. It's in and out. It's a game of catch. He throws me the ball, I run with it for a little while, and then I realize that it's time for me to throw it back. Wisdom to know the difference. I get a sense, okay, my part's over. Time for me to throw the ball back. And I throw the ball back. And that's how we move the ball down the field, huh? We throw it back and forth to each other, huh? And the serenity prayer, you could shorten it. Six words. Make it happen, let it happen. Make it happen, let it happen. Make it happen, let it happen. If you get that rhythm, if you get that uh, rhythm into your life, you will see that you'll get some momentum going. You'll get on a roll. That will snowball in a positive direction. So learn to do that dance. huh? And you have a tail. You have gifts and talents. All you got to do is wag it. And you can solve a lot of your own problems. Thank have you, a good Michael. weekend, guys. Well, Michael's talking about serenity prayer. And, you know, and I, you know I, when I talk about it, I focus on different things at different times. And right now, I want to focus on the wisdom to know the difference and how it relates to this message you want to believe. Because so many of you guys come into treatment and recovery and you don't believe. And you think, when you think in, in terms of things like hopelessness, useless, we think we know that it's out of our control. But I got a news, another news flash for you. Believing is something that you have the power to change. You have the power to believe in yourselves. You have the power to believe that recovery works, treatment works, the future can be bright. That's not something that you need to accept that you cannot change. Have that wisdom to know that you have the power to change that. When you choose to believe, gentlemen, and you move away and you understand that the word impossible, when you break it down, says, I'm possible. And when you come to believe that this is possible for you, we do find that this is a place where miracles happen. And at this time, we give you the opportunity to share a miracle. And we ask that if you've experienced a miracle in the last week, something that's happened to you that you never thought was possible, but it did happen, we ask you to take a moment to share that miracle. It might not just feel good to know that you've experienced one, but there might be somebody sitting in this room who's got one foot out the door. Maybe your miracle will help them stay. So at this time, if you've experienced a miracle, would you please come forward and be willing to share it? Yeah, come on. Hi, I'm Frederick T. from Long Island, track 11. Um, you know, it's been 35 years of alcoholism and drug addiction for me, and since I've come to St. Christopher's, I know and I realize and I've learned that I don't have to live that way anymore, and that's a miracle for me. Also, another miracle is, you know, I really haven't had a connection with God since I'm 14 years old, and, you know, since I've also come here, I work in Hill Dining, I get to talk to the Fries, I go on the walks with Janet, I meet with the sisters, and, you know, I've definitely connected with my God again and my higher power, and that for me is a miracle. 
And also, one more thing is that the fact that, you know, before I came in here, I was really isolating myself. And I've always been a social person. But because of my addictions, you know, I just got trapped in my head. And since I came here, I've met so many really good guys here that are kind, caring, considerate, intelligent, creative. And, you know, that's a great thing. We don't have to live this way anymore. So let's go Mets. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, I think that was our first triple miracle, Michael. I, we can only hope we get one of those from Cespedes tonight. <laughs> uh, Ryan MC, Track 13. Uh, when I walked in here, I was pretty much working my own program, trying to do what it is that I felt I needed to do. Uh, and I wasn't being completely and utterly honest with myself. And it wasn't until after I was made to purely surrender that I started to be able to face demons that I didn't even know were alive. And I started to open up in a way that I didn't even know that I could. And ever since then, it's almost like looking at the world with a whole new set of eyes. And that's something that I didn't see that was coming when I came here. Thank you. Hi, David. Uh, Daniel Z, track 13. Uh, recently, I woke up one morning and the obsession to smoke cigarettes, the desire, the thoughts, just completely left me. So I never thought that was ever going to happen. Um, every day gets a little better and better. And uh, the energy I have now from it is absolutely amazing. I'm looking forward to the smoking cessation program. I encourage everybody else to do it. I mean, but that was my miracle, and I'm truly amazed by it. Great. Thank you. Yeah, Thomas V. I'm from Yonkers, and I'm on track two. Um, yeah, today, actually, uh, I was very exhausted when I woke up. I'm drowsy and everything. And um, I've been on Suboxone for a while now, and I thought I was going to be on it the rest of my life, to be honest with you. I said, I'm not going, if I'm, you know, going to go through withdrawals and everything, I'm not doing it. I'll put it, you know. So instead of being on my on heroin, I'd ra you know rather be on that the rest of my life. But instead of doing that today, I, I spoke to the therapist, the doctor here, and I realized that I want to get myself off of it, and uh, that in itself is a miracle. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Michael L. Track Seven. I experienced a miracle by getting another chance at recovery, another chance of being able to come back into the rooms after <coughs> snowballing numerous, numerous charges and, and problems and uh, like all these different things that uh, was going wrong in my life but uh, I was really really lucky that I still have a shot to be able to come back and change my life because I know a lot of kids that didn't have the privilege of getting the seat. Great. Thank you. Gentlemen, people need encouragement like plants need water. The ones who need it the most are the ones who get it the least. We all walk through these doors discouraged. So many of you guys could tell the shoes of the guy walking past you but not the color of their eyes and yet there have been people that have been placed in our path that have been sources of encouragement for us people who have helped us get through difficult groups difficult letters difficult phone calls at this time we give you the opportunity that if there is someone who's been put in your path that has made a difference just in the past week to come forward and and share those words of encouragement um, keeping in mind two things. Praise and encouragement are different. Praise has a tendency to stop at thank you. Encouragement goes the extra mile and lets people know just how their efforts have helped me. And when we uh, give words of encouragement to each other, we ask that you try to focus on one or two people at most um, because when we say, I just want to thank the whole community, you know, it just loses some of its power. So if there's been someone here who's been a source of encouragement for you over the past week, would you be willing to take a moment to recognize them now? Daniel Z again, uh, track 13. Uh, Gabriel, I'd like to encourage you. Um, 
You've taught me a lot about myself. You helped me open up to things I've never seen before. You're a great person to work with in the kitchen. Um, I encourage you to, you know, share what you've shared with me with others. You've helped me out tremendously. I'm truly grateful for it. I think you're a good man and a good friend, and uh, every day is a better day having you in my life. So thank you, and like I said, I encourage you to uh, keep that up. I'm Anthony A., track four. I want to encourage, uh, encourage John Q. Uh, you know, John, uh, you know, sometimes I'm having a bad day, and uh, just you coming up and talking to me, uh, just, you know, you always make me laugh and turn my whole mood around, and, um, you know, we've gotten to some pretty deep conversations, and I just want to say I really appreciate that, and thanks. How has that helped you? Um, it's helped me to uh, to trust somebody um, with what's going on with me as far as my feelings and things like that, and he's always very helpful and considerate. You're always very helpful and considerate, John. Thanks a lot. Uh, Michael L. Track 7 again. I want to encourage uh, the co-chair, Mike. Michael. Michael. I'm sorry, Paul. You've been like a big brother to me since I got here. I really look up to you, man. You're like a pillar in the community. And you, like just being able to show me that you can get this program after everything we've spoken about, the stuff that you've been through, like I, I, you got a gift, man. And like I, I really want to look forward to you know speaking with you more and learning from learning from everything that you got to offer. I really appreciate it. Hey, I'm Brian E. Uh, I just want to give encouragement to Keith. Um, he's been leading the choir, which you, yeah, I don't know his list. No, you. Talk in. <laughs> You've been leading the choir since uh, I joined. I think the second day I was here last uh, Wednesday. I've been three or four days in it, and uh, you have a lot of patience, and you're working. You're working small miracles with uh, a big group and I just want to say thank you and keep okay. keep it up. How does it help you? It's helped me because I feel for, part of a group again and I'm b back into the music thing and uh, it's really good feeling. Thanks. Hey, I'm Anthony P. Track 13. Uh, I want to encourage Lorne Mel, although I don't think he's here. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I want to encourage Lorne Mel. I want to encourage you because uh, you're running a great group, the Double Trouble group is uh it's awesome we've had some really deep conversations and a lot of guys i see have gotten a lot out of it and nobody jokes around in it because they're all paying attention and you you keep the topics fresh and you uh you really keep it um you know it's a very loving feeling and we all share deep things and and it's helped me because i've been able to say things that i've never said before in front of a group so thank you Hi, uh, Max S, track 12. I'd like to encourage Gary in track 12. Gary, you're my group buddy, and I don't think I say this enough, but I want to keep encouraging you to keep doing what you're doing. You've, you always come up to me, even when I don't prompt you or when I may not even need some help or anything, or if I do, you always come up and you say, hey, how are you? Are you all right? Uh, it means a lot to know that I don't have to look like I'm miserable <laughs> to have somebody actually care about how I am. So thanks a lot, Gary, the man. Lord Malay, track 11. I'd like to encourage Ryan MC. Yeah, you. <laughs> um, you know what? I can't even put into words. Uh, thank you doesn't seem to be enough because you've been nothing but kind and uh, considerate to my feelings, um, accepting of who it is that I am, and that means a lot. You know, it's very comforting to know that uh, all of you here are very, you know, 
very tight. It's a good community, and uh, I thank you for that. How's that help you? I mean, it's helped me to uh, be myself, you know, be comfortable with myself, and uh, to know that I have a group of people that, you know, have my back. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel G, track eight. I'd like to encourage John S., and I'd also like to encourage Kevin. Um, John, um, John and Kevin, actually, you guys have both uh, opened up a lot this week about things, th things that were very difficult for you guys to open up about, and uh, it actually made me identify with a lot of things that I wasn't even thinking of, that I had, you know, carried baggage inside of me. So I want to just thank you guys because this is stuff that. You know, I thought I had my whole life story pictured out, and there was so so much more there to uh, to deal with, and you know, to get the emotional baggage out and you know, surrender to. So I just wanted to thank both you guys. You guys get what's going on here? I mean, how many of you guys have felt useless or worthless? I mean, most of you guys have felt that. And when we take the opportunity to bring you guys up, you know, I'm listening to, you know, and, and it, it, they're all good examples, but, you know, Michael in the back is a co-chair, right? And, Michael, have you ever felt useless and no good? And And I heard the gentleman say, after hearing all the stuff that you've been through, you're an inspiration to me. Do you guys realize... When I say, what do you want to believe? You guys have gotten into a rut of a belief system where you have tricked yourself into believing that you are no good and you are worthless. And then you come up and we talk about how you've helped me, how you've kept me grounded, how you've made me feel safe, how you made me feel accepted, how you helped me progress in my treatment and my recovery. Whether you believe in God or not, the concept holds true when they say God don't make no junk. That you are more valuable than you give yourselves credit for. You are valuable despite your imperfections. There is a better world waiting for you when you believe. I'm going to shut this thing down now. We'll get to the last segment. Um, before I do, I want to let people know that if you'd like to learn more about St. Christopher's Inn, please visit our website at www.stchristophersinn.org and you can find all kinds of information about treatment and thrift shop and news and events and stuff like that. So until next time, we wish you peace, serenity, and... Sobriety! And... Sobriety!